When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Shake it up, baby. Time to shake it up. Big Sills, National Football Show. Good afternoon. Hit the like button because you need to. Thank you, and I appreciate it, by the way. Oh, my God. The content today. (laughs) You see, the reason why we're having Merrill Reese on today, you see, Merrill is going to bring some positivity. To all of you Eagle fans that have been laboring throughout the offseason here, I know you need it. And that's why our dear friend will join us at 5.30. We have to bring an uplifting voice because the voice of reason is not working here. You see, like when I was on the middle today with Barrett, Barrett was under the assumption that the Philadelphia Eagles had like five or six guys that had a hundred catch seasons. There's not one wide receiver in the history of the franchise that's ever had a hundred catch season. And he was floored by that. He's like, damn. He's like, I can't believe that. Joe Perry Simon from all access. One of my dearest friends. And one of my longest supporters, Joe. All Access loves Big Sills. They have been a favorite of mine. Them, Radio Inc. Perry Simon has been a dear friend, and I love him so much. And Joe, you make sure you tell him I said hello. He has followed my career. Like I said, Radio Inc., Talkers Magazine, all those guys, man. But you know what happened? Something happened in the evolution of Big Sills. You know what's happened, Joe? You know what's happened? Corey, Zach Ertz is a tight end. He is not a wide receiver. Wide receiver. Wide receiver. I know I'm speaking English. Wide receiver. Okay? What's happened is I've kind of almost outgrown radio. Because now I get an opportunity to be Big Sills. Something I coveted forever. Not having to sit in the principal's office talking shit to my PD who doesn't know anything. And I've been in the business 30 years doing sports talk. And some 14-year-old kid's going to tell me, well, maybe if you tease this and maybe if we went down this. Shut up, guy. I am the king of content. King of content. Paul, 
he's a tight end like Harold Carmichael. You mud on to me. Anyway. So we're able to do this. Like I was pointing out today that Kobe only won one NBA most valuable player. And Barrett was like, come on, man. And I'm like, well, you're talking about the five greatest players of all time. God, it's got one MVP. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, you know, you know, I mean, I don't know. I would say this to you, though. Watch this. The two greatest Lakers of all time, in my opinion, are Kobe and Magic Johnson. Okay? And Kareem, he's, he's in there, but Kobe, okay? Kobe's right there, baby. Kobe's right there. Top button sills. Yeah, it's because I'm a gangster, brother. Five rings. Hey, Chris, wait a second here. Chris brings up one point about, about Kobe. Watch this. So would you rather have Jordan's six NBA titles or would you rather have Kobe Bryant's five NBA titles in his Oscar? Hey, whoa. Huh, hip-hop hooray. Oh, where am I going here? What would you rather have? Would you rather have Kobe's five titles in his Oscar? Or would you rather have the six championships in Chicago with Jordan? I don't know, man. Keep the Oscar? Okay. So as I tweeted out, at Dan Cilio Show, and I hope you guys will go ahead and follow me over at Dan Cilio Show on my Twitter page. Sydney, good morning to you in Australia, down under. Matt Corral will be visiting the Philadelphia Eagles this week. How you doing? The Eagles are bringing in old Mrs. Matt Corral. Here, I'll do a 97.5 reaction. (laughs) Philly reaction. Matt Corral. <laughs> Chris goes short visit. Thank you, Anthony. Sills is the most real person covering the Eagles that we've had in a long time. Hey, by the way, man, I'll tell you one more time. I'd be a phony if I told you that I covered the Eagles my whole life. I'll tell you what I've fallen in love with is their fan base. Can I say that without, with, with being okay? Can I? Okay, can I, can I say that? I've fallen in love with you guys. I love you guys. I cover the Eagles. Okay? Xander's favorite sports team is the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay? It's the Philadelphia Eagles. Said it to me. He goes, man, you know. He goes, Sills, but let me tell you, man, when the Phillies are good, that's a pretty rowdy crowd. Man, I love that. You guys are so, even the dudes that don't agree with me, Cilio, you're full of shit. I know this already, though. Oh, Joe, you guys are great. It's a great, it's a great fan base. You know what, too? And, you know, you guys probably won't like this. I, I did sports in Boston at WEEI. You guys are a lot like that. They have like fences around Boston and they don't let anybody in. 
You start shitting on their teams and you're an outsider, you better come with some receipts. When you start barking at the Eagles or you start barking in Boston at the Red Sox, the Celtics, the Patriots, you start barking like that, you better have receipts, dude, because they're going to hold you accountable. You know, it's one thing to sit there and watch, you know, people at the Communist Sports Network sit there and throw shade at Philly or throw shade at Boston. I got to say, those are my two favorite places that I've talked. Oh, I got to throw Tampa in there because Tampa's filled with Boston, New York. And isn't it funny? Tampa's filled with Boston, New York, and Philadelphia people. You'd be shocked how many people from South Philly live in Tampa. You guys would be stunned. Hey, Easy Money said, hey, Easy Money, I'm going to tell you, man. I told you this before. My wife goes like this, Cilio, you found, you found your place. You're, ta- you're an asshole and you're talking to assholes. And I was like this, what's that supposed to mean? And she's like, perfect, perfect. It works. <laughs> and I was like, huh, okay. Chris, Boston's got some great fans, man. They got some great fans. I can't do that. So what do you guys make, man? Matt Corral coming in for a visit. Xander's like, oh, this guy, I saw him throw three touchdowns versus Bama. He's the guy. Let's go get it. Hey, oh. You think this guy's going to be good? Seals, you're going to shit on this guy? He's going to be a good player. He may be. Who am I to say here on April 6th? Whether or not that guy's going to be a good NFL player. I'd be an idiot to go like this. He's going to suck. I'm not a fortune teller. I'm not these draft gurus who pretend every single, you know, couple months prior to the draft and do this. You know, you know, you know, the, uh, the famous like radio guy that goes on the radio and starts talking World Cup. Dude, shut up. You don't cover it. You cover it every four years. You don't cover the World Cup. I couldn't name you one guy on the team, nor do I care to name you one guy on the team. I don't like European sports. I cover American sports. I cover Philly sports. I cover football. I cover that kind of stuff. You bring in Matt Corral in, good or bad thing. Hugh says, what do you think the chances of drafting him? Can you imagine if they took a quarterback and a wide receiver? What would that tell you about Jalen? Jalen's going to have the 2022 season, and that's it, and he's out. Jalen Hurts' career will be over before September of this year if they draft a quarterback. It'll be over. Why would the Eagles bring a quarterback in? Smokescreen. Showtime. Huh? What's up, Alexander? Matt, they do need defense. I'm going to get to that here in a minute. Smokescreen? What do you think, guys? Is that a smokescreen? Would Howie throw a smokescreen out there by bringing a quarterback in? Huh. Would he? I could see it. Or how about this? Maybe he just wants to – he wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't bring in a quarterback. I think when you – but I'll tell you this. You think they're bringing in a quarterback in Buffalo? You think they're um, bringing in a quarterback in Los Angeles? You think they're bringing in a quarterback in Cleveland? (laughs) Bring it in 
quarterbacks, they got their guy. Why would you bring in a quarterback? Eh, due diligence, smoke screen. I think it all fits. <laughs> oh, man. What, Ole Miss, a quarterback factory? Archie Manning, Eli Manning, and now Matt Corral. Not too bad, right? You know who's got one of the best? You Guess who's a better quarterback factory in the Big Ten than Ohio State? Purdue. Len Dawson, Bob Greasy, Jeff George, Drew Brees. Actually, Purdue has produced more NFL star quarterbacks than Ohio State ever has. That's because they've never. How about that for you? Purdue has more Hall of Purdue's going to have three Hall of Fame quarterbacks out of their program. Ohio State can't even get a pro bowler out of theirs. And you want me to take C.J. Stroud or listen to that thing up in Chicago with Justin can't see the fields. Was that a Chris Berman? I'm sorry. Back, 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 back. I'm, I, I actually miss Berman. All right. May I throw this out at you? And you tell me when we're evaluating the Philadelphia Eagles, if the Eagles, and tell me if you agree first with what I'm going to say. Jaw said this yesterday. If he was the quarterback of an NFL football team, he would never run the ball. We got to look more like the Arena League. We got to look more like the Arena League. Running the football in volume is not what the league is today. You're not taking advantage of the rules, and you're not taking advantage of what offenses are given. Think about that. The Eagles are hurting themselves offensively by how limited they are. Hence, that's why they want a more open-up offense, especially through the air and not on the ground. Running the football, the Philadelphia Eagles are 20 years behind the game. You've never had a 100-yard or a 100-catch receiver. You've had one 4,000-passing yardage quarterback for a particular season in Carson Wentz. I'm not ripping you. I'm showing you that what the Eagles want to do, and they're right philosophy-wise what they want to do. They want to get into a modern-day offense. They have to. They want to get into a modern-day offense. Okay? Big picking. Eagles need balance on offense unless you have an elite passer. Amen. All right. Would you agree with me that there's three positions – that you have to pay big money to if you're going to win it. today's NFL. Quarterback, edge rusher, and a big-time wide receiver. Let's take a look where Philadelphia is right now. Do you agree with that? Edge rusher, pass rusher, big-time, big-time quarterback, and a big-time wide receiver. I said this the last couple of days to you. I used to think wide receivers were the frosting on cakes. They're part of the cake now. The evolution of that position has become so vital to today's NFL. You have to have a big time wideout. That's why you're seeing deals like today. We saw the 
Stefan Diggs deal, four years, $104 million, $26 million a year. You're paying Tyreek Hill now $25 million a year. You're going to start seeing these deals more and more and more now where you're paying these guys. They're going to be the second highest paid players on your football team are going to be your wideouts next to your quarterback. You have to have that. Basically, what Green Bay has done by letting Devontae Adams go, you limit now your approach and how you're going to attack teams this coming season because you took Devontae Adams off the team. So, do you agree? Shut down safety, bro. So, you think that Jamal Adams, Alexander, was a good deal for Seattle? Giving up, giving up all those first-rounders to get Jamal Adams? Jamal Adams has been a reason why Russell Wilson is no longer in Seattle. They lost all those draft picks to the Jets for that dude. He's made zero impact on that team. Zero impact. Zero. Let's take a look at where the Eagles are financially in those positions. Jalen Hurts. 1.5 1.5 million bucks. Devontae Smith on a rookie deal. Both of these guys on rookie deals. $850,000. Your edge rusher. Should we put Hassan Reddick in there? Should we put Reddick in there? Besides a brand new deal. I'm not sure what he's making annually now. I'm going to look at what an edge rusher is, and I'm just going to say, knowing Howie, probably paying him $8 million. Unless somebody knows. Quarterback, wide receiver, pass rusher, edge rusher. Why are you paying Fletcher Cox $14 million? Why are you paying that? Why, why are you paying that to him? You really think he's going to have a comeback here? No way. That guy's not a $14 million a year player any longer. See, here's the difference between what you get with me and others. That guy's not a $14 million a year guy. I could take that money and spend it wisely other places. Go get another wide out. Go get a veteran guy. Spend the money in the draft. Spend the money in player development. Fletcher Cox, $14 million bucks. Sure, okay. I guess it's a retirement fund. Okay? Kelsey's different, though, Picking Kelsey had an all-pro year. I don't mind paying Kelsey $14 bucks. Okay? $14 million for, okay, Jason Kelsey versus $14 million for Fletcher Cox. There's a difference there. That guy was first team all pro. I'm good with that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I wish he'd play a couple more years. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. So let's take a look at where the Eagles are financially and paying for these three positions that you have to have in today's NFL to win. Look at, look at the Rams. Aaron Donald, over $20 million. Look at what you got with Cooper Cup. $18 million, $17 million. And they just gave Matthew Stafford a brand new deal where he's making 40 plus million dollars. Brady, 35 million. Mike Evans, 
Just saying. The big programs, unless you have rookie contracts. So you're basically spending less than $10 million on your premium positions to be a team that if you're going to have the three things and components you need to win, you're paying less than $10 million for three positions. You're paying basically $3 million per position in positions that you have to have to contend, not just compete. See, the Eagles are going to compete, okay? The Eagles are going to compete. They are, okay? They're going to compete. They're going to compete. Smile. Big Sills is against DT. Cox and Donald. Fletcher Cox is not playing near the level of Aaron Donald right now. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not even in the same conversation. Michael says, where would you rank the Eagles O-line? Either one or two. Either one or two. Maniac says, I wonder why every wide receiver we draft that is good turns to shit. I'm hoping it doesn't happen with Smitty. Maniac, it's not that he's shit. He's underdeveloped because you guys don't develop wideouts. You never have. Okay? They, they, they never have. And when you had a big-time whiteout, you had to import them. I'm talking wide receivers. You had to import them. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, what Irvin Fryer was drafted by the Patriots, number one overall, then he came to Philly, right? Fryer was a Patriot first, and I think he was the number one overall selection out of Nebraska. Hey, He's probably the only number one wide receiver in the history of Nebraska ever taken in the first round. I I mean, he's like the only guy I could think of that's been taken out of Nebraska. (laughs) Okay, and one overall, too, to boot. Right? Chris Long was an import. Seals Cox's job this year is to mold Milton Williams He knows his time is up, but $14 million? $14 million. Man, that's a lot of dough for a guy. That's a lot of dough. Man. So the three premium positions, okay? The three premium positions... The Eagles aren't spending money. Why is that? Why would that be? They haven't done anything in the wide receiving core. And get this, they're going to mask it in the draft. And they're going to get younger in the draft by doing that. You could guarantee it's either going to be a first or second round where they're going to grab a receiver. They're grabbing a guy there, one of these dudes that are probably going to fall to him. Because you know what happens as we get closer to the draft? They're going to elevate these quarterbacks more. And by the way, 
don't think of Malik Willis at all, please. Okay, he's an RPO guy. I said that to you yesterday. He's an RPO guy. He's been an RPO guy since he was at Auburn. Then he got to Liberty. They did the same thing. That is not what the Philadelphia Eagles want to do. They want to get into a modern passing game. And I've been saying this now for a day and a half, and I'll continue to say this. I've realized what they're doing here. They're not building that football team at all around Jalen Hurts. They're building that football team around the fact that he's on a rookie contract. You got all the receivers basically on rookie contracts. Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith. You had to go out. You, do you know that Zach Pascal makes more than Jalen Hurts? Your number three wide receiver makes more than your starting quarterback. How are you telling me they're helping him again? You're not. So what's the fundamental thing they're doing? They're loading this team up and they're building this team. But you see what they're doing here? Howie is building this team without the franchise quarterback. That's what he's trying to accomplish here. So the more picks he gets, that's why I was thinking about it today. That's why I was thinking, why not wait until you get closer to the draft where you could have maybe fleeced the Saints even more and maybe got Michael Thomas? Or I'm sure some other teams that had more draft assets would have loved to have made this move. Maybe how he could have got, why, why now? Why not wait until like the week of the draft to make a deal like this? where you could have squeezed another team because he's setting his position up. He's setting his team up. How he is going to go about building his football team without the franchise quarterback. You see, it's easy to build a team when you have the franchise guy. Protect Brady, right? Have a stout defense. Have a balanced salary cap throughout your 53-man roster. That was the secret sauce in New England. I told you this before. New England, with all their skill set guys, not, in, not including Sony Michelle, they never had a first-round draft choice the entire time Brady was in New England. Think about that for a minute. There was not one first-round draft choice in that New England Patriots huddle when they were winning Super Bowls. Brock was a second rounder. Edelman and Amendola and Welker. These guys weren't high picks. Aaron Hernandez was a fifth rounder. They weren't using high picks. Look at what Howie does. Howie misses on high picks. You know what New England was doing? They were taking low picks and turning them into first picks because they had the franchise quarterback. Harder to build this way. When you don't have the dude. Okay. Right. You're hoping. And this is why Howie's missing. I'm going to tell you something, guys. Derek Barnett would look like a 10 time better player. And so would Jalen Rager. If Tom Brady was your quarterback. He hides all that. You know, that, that Nikel Harry guy that got out of Arizona state. He sucks. But Mac Jones and Brady made him look better than what he is. Guy's slow off the ball, struggles with separation. He's awful on yards after the catch. He's just a dude, man. 
But the Patriots, that's the first time they went in the Belichick era where they drafted a wideout in the first round. Hard to build. That's why Howie's missing more because he doesn't have a franchise guy. You know, what, 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 what is being clouded here is that Howie missed on a franchise quarterback. You know, everyone's giving him credit. Get this. Shoot here. Let me ask you guys this. Let me ask you guys this. You, do you give Howie credit for getting a first rounder for once? What's, do you give him credit for getting a first rounder for Carson Wentz? Do you guys give him credit for that? Just curious on how you look at that. You guys give him credit? Do you give, do you give Howie Roseman credit for getting out from that contract, okay, and getting a one? Travis says yes. Tony says no because he was just digging out of his own hole. Rico, I'm going to show you something on what Tony just said here. T. Lewis says yes because Wentz was broken. Here. So Howie would rather have the pick than be right on the franchise quarterback? The first pick is fool's gold. You need a franchise quarterback more than you need another first rounder. Anybody worth their weight in gold will tell you, you can have all the first rounders you want, but if I've got Justin Herbert or I've got Joe Burrow, I don't need first rounders. Ask the Rams. If I've got a franchise guy, I don't need draft picks. I don't need them. The franchise quarterback is the biggest mistake that the franchise has made, and they're going to continue to pay for it until they rectify the position. And their actions are this. They're not rectifying that position. They haven't done anything for Hurts. Except, you know, the only thing that they have done for Hurts is tell him that it's his job in 2022. Kind of. Midwest Eagle fan says, thing is, Wentz wasn't a franchise quarterback. We got a third two. Okay? So how he missed on a franchise quarterback. Getting a one and a three is great. If you utilize it. I'd rather have the franchise quarterback than the one and the three. The one and the three? I got to take a timeout. Okay. Is the problem with the Eagles the quarterback or the receivers? Okay. I want you to think about that. Don't forget Merrill Reese in hour number two at 5:30. Hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show.
Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, guys. Please hit the like button. We appreciate it. Don't forget, Merrill Reese in hour two at 5.30. Now it's time to evaluate a draft class. 2018 NFL draft class. Let's take a look at that. That's how you evaluate. You don't evaluate what the Eagles are going to do the following Monday after a draft. It's the biggest mistake you can make. Well, the Eagles got a really, really good draft. How do you know that? You don't know that. You have no idea. Those guys don't even have their helmets yet. And you're talking about, and some of the idiots that go on the air or they'll make these proclamations that this guy's going to be a star or not. The reason that I said Devontae Smith was not a good pick for the Eagles last year. You know, it's funny. The first thing I told Xander was that. I hadn't even met Xander. And I didn't even know he was an Alabama guy. I just go, it's a bad pick for the team. And he's like, you're crazy. The guy's a star. I said, I never said he wasn't. I never said he wasn't, but he won't be a star on that Eagle team. And he wasn't. He was not a star last year. That's not a star. Those are below average numbers. They're below average numbers. Okay? He's, he's not. But it's not his fault. It's not his fault. 
If he's with Joe Burrow, does he have 13 to 1,500 yards? Absolutely. Oh, I think he's a, I think he puts up Jalen Waddle numbers. Oh, absolutely. He's just not the right guy for the team because the team has never done it in the history of the team. Why, was, why would you have expected him to change the, nar- the narrative in Philly? Devontae Smith was going to change the narrative in the history of the Philadelphia wide receiver position in one season with a quarterback that you're developing? What are you, crazy? That that unrealistic, you'd have to be Jerry Rice to do that. And Jerry Rice had Montana and Young. You know, we, we all look at Jerry Rice and go, man, the guy's the greatest wide receiver of all time. Yeah, it didn't hurt that he had maybe two of the top eight quarterbacks in the history of the sport throwing him the ball the majority of his career. I mean, that might have helped. The guy, they won five Super Bowls between the two of them quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah, Rice is going to develop. You got Montana and Young. I think you're going to put up some good numbers. The Cup example is the best one. Your previous with Jared Goff, he had Devontae Smith numbers. Stafford gets there. He has iconic numbers. GT says time will tell. Time will tell if the quarterback gets better. Chris says Smith is a rookie. Cut some slack. Well, you're in trouble, dude, because the guy in Cincinnati has put up, he almost doubled. Devontae Smith's numbers. The guy almost doubled them in yardage. Doubled. So his teammate had like 34 more catches with quarterbacks that were Jacoby Brissett and Tua Tagovailoa. All right. <laughs> Those guys. Dude, the guy Hunter Renfro with the uh, with the Raiders. Had 100 catches. And they all have quarterbacks, except the guy in Miami. Well, we'll see. The guy in Miami gets better. Let me show you a quick thing here before we get to what, what's really hurting the Eagles more, the quarterback or the receiver play. Chase is a freak. He is. Anthony, you, c- completely true. I think you guys sometimes don't hear me. I never said Devontae Smith's a bad player. I think it clouds your judgment because he's an eagle and you think I'm talking shit on him. I'm not. You don't deliver and you don't help his skill set. The offense is not mature enough to develop or take advantage of all the things he can do. When you have a quarterback that can only and barely find single coverage, you think you're re- Mac Jones had all these guys to throw to, spreading the field out at Alabama, had windows the size of barn doors in the SEC. Okay. But those great corners and those great pass rushers, okay, barn doors. That's because the quarterback knows how to read progressions. Of all the quarterbacks that came out last year, Mac Jones was probably the most ready-made quarterback 
to go ahead and play a pro-style offense because he's pro. He's throwing to pro-style wideouts. Why do you think Joe Burrow had the success that he had in Cincinnati? Well, Haas, when you're throwing to Chase and you're throwing to Jefferson and you're throwing to dudes like that, you're throwing to a pro offense. You've got skill. So when you went to the NFL, you know that stupid notion, well, you know, the guy had great talent around him, and he got it to him. Mac won a, won a national championship. Shit, Joe Burrow won a national championship and almost won a Super Bowl inside of two years. How freaking crazy is that? Three years. Crazy, man. Watch this. I'll show you how a draft works. Four years removed from the 18 draft coming up in April. Baker Mayfield was taken number one overall. What would you guys look at with him? Give me a grade for Baker Mayfield. What's a grade for Mayfield? No, better yet. Give me a round you would put him in. C, F, D, D, F. He was the number one pick. C plus. Is Baker Mayfield even a first-round draft choice? If you had to redraft him, third, second. Folks, they're not talking about second and third pick. They're talking seventh round. Late one, four or five. I agree with all your takes. If I were to draft Baker Mayfield today, I'd take him in the fourth round. Baker Mayfield's a fourth round draft choice to me. I don't see anything special from him. I don't see that it factor outside of the progressive commercials. It brings nothing to the table to me except bitching and whining. You could bitch and whine if you're Aaron Rodgers and you put up 48 touchdowns and four picks. But when you play the kind of style of football he plays and you bitch and moan, you're a bitcher and complainer to me. Hey, while we're doing this, I want you to think about all the draft choices you have over the next two years. Will we all agree Baker Mayfield as a number one overall selection in the 2018 draft is a flop? Number two, second player taken in the 18 draft. Sam Darnold at a Southern Cal. Excuse me, third pick, because Barkley was two, if I remember right. Right? Barkley from Penn State went to the Giants, I think, at two. If I'm correct, I think Barkley was two, and then Darnold was three. I think that's how it went in 18. Sam Darnold, third pick in the draft by the Jets. Bum. Bust. Flop. Bust again. Remember how he's got big draft? F. How he's got all these picks? 
Okay? Shut up, maniac. The seventh pick, Josh Allen. Give me a letter grade for Josh Allen. Me. <laughs> That's a pretty solid A. Maniac. <laughs> a. Stay focused, Maniac. Two minutes. Just two minutes, all right? B. B. Picking. Hard grader. I think the Bills have the best roster in the NFL. And I do agree with Barrett. They need a running game. A-plus, Eagles fan says. T. Lewis, A-plus. Gold A, A A-plus. Look at that. He was the seventh pick. B-plus, Jesus, Alexander, you're pretty tough. You need good coaching and development. Anthony, absolutely. He's getting it with Sean McDermott. He had it with Brian Dable. And he had it with Ken Dorsey up there. Hey, multi-dimensional, ask me who I would draft at 15 and 18. With Howie, I don't know. I've already told you who I would draft, but I don't know what he's going to do. Oh, and by the way, Ken Dorsey is a hurricane. Thank you. Okay. Josh Allen's a superstar. He's a superstar. Dude, don't compare Josh Allen and Jalen, please. God, don't. It's like comparing Peyton Manning and and, and Case Keenum. Come on, man. Sal says A. The fourth quarterback taken. And he was the 10th player taken. The greatness of Josh Allen was taken number seven. But the 10th pick in the first round was Josh Great UCLA Rosen. Wow. (laughs) Does he even have a job? Josh Rosen was taken 10th in 2018. Give me a letter grade. (laughs) Oh, God. F plus. <laughs> this guy's the 10th player take. So the wait a minute. So the first, the third, and the 10th players taken were three quarterbacks, and they all shit the bed. F Z. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> They're getting a new letter Z, Sills. They're not getting Fs. They're off the charts. So we're giving them a Z. Oh, my God. So wait. Howie's going to roll the dice. Let's go. Bam. And in the 2018 draft, the first pick in the draft, the third pick in the draft, and the 10th pick in the draft were colossal failures. All right. All right. By the way, I say this about Jalen. Jalen Hurts as a second rounder. Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, you could have drafted him in the lower part of the first round. I'm all right with that. I'm all right with that. 
Jalen's not a bad player, guys. I think you're underestimating what I'm saying. How many times, and, and Xander knows this, how many times did I say this to you guys coming out of the playoff weekends? Man, we need one of them dudes. We need one of them guys. Tyrod Taylor was a pro bowler. Teddy Bridgewater was a pro bowler. Okay? He's in that conversation yet. Will he get better? Yet to be determined. Two was in that same boat. Two was in this. Get this. This is going to be a tough one for you here. Who do you think succeeds as an NFL player, Tua or Hurts, two Alabama guys? Who succeeds? Who succeeds? Tua or Hurts? Hmm. Maniac says that's a tough one, Sills. Tua, D-Train. Tua. Tua. Hurts. Both are backups. Eagle fan says, so wait a minute. Philly Eagle fan. He's got Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill. And you have Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith. It, it, the deck is set against you. He, he's got a 104-catch guy, and he's got a guy on the other side making $25 million a year. What, what again? I'll ask you again. Who has more success? Jalen? I think two is going to throw for 4,200 yards this year. They may be four-yard passes, but those two wide receivers are going to take it to the house. Okay? Hey, watch this. All Tua has to do with Tyreek Hill, because he frightens defenders and defensive coordinators like no receiver in the game. Jalen Waddle may have 125 catches this year. Because here as a defensive coordinator, where's Hill? Guy runs Olympic speed. Guys won a Super Bowl. The guy's proven to be one of the greatest breakaway guys, him and D-Jacks, in NFL history. So you're going to be looking at that guy, and there's Jalen Waddle. Well, by the way, had 104 catches last year. Tua's just got to go like this. I don't have to throw the ball 50 yards down the field. I just go, boom, boom. Little hitch passes, boom, boom. Run the ball, play defense, win 11 games. And he doesn't have to run. Little two-yard passes. You ain't catching Tyree Kill in space. You think you're you think you're tackling Cheetah in space? <laughs> I don't think you really know what open field tackling is when you got a guy that runs four two forties. Woo. Hertz has done more. He has. Tua won a national championship. Albeit, Hurts came in in the Southeastern Conference title game and saved Tua's ass. He did. It was a great moment for him. I thought it was a super moment for him. Hurts won a national title? Is that right, Xander? He won a national championship? Hurts? 
He did? I thought he was on the national championship team. Okay. Yeah, he lost the title game. And he was on the bench when Tua won it. Not quite the same. Hey, I went for a ride. Kind of like, oh my God, so Jalen's like, Wentz. I went for the ride. <laughs> hey, I got a ring and I went for the ride. How you doing? Uh, oh, yeah, and even more sucky is the fact that he lost it to Sean Watson. Oh, yeah, that's out, you know, whatever. And get this, the final quarterback taken at pick number 32, Lamar Jackson. MVP won 80% of his ball games. <laughs> I mean, hey, so the two quarterbacks that come out of this draft are Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, at least for first rounders. If you had to redraft this, watch this. Who would you take num- who would you take as the first quarterback in 18? Would you take Lamar or would you take Josh Allen? Who would you take? Josh Allen? I would take Allen. Xander, who would you take? Because me me and Xander both said this every Monday, man, after we watched Lamar Jackson play. We went like this. Dude, this guy. (laughs) He is a freak show. He's a freak show, man. When he's healthy, he says, come on, brother. Got to take Josh. That game between he and Patrick Mahomes was one of the best playoff games I've ever seen. As much as I like Lamar, I'm with you guys. I would take Josh Allen, too. Josh Allen, man, is turning. And and I've said this to you. I want to show you something about coaching. And this is where Jalen, don't. Don't dismiss the fact that he was coached by Steve Sarkeesian and Nick Saban and Lincoln Riley and Doug Peterson. Those are some pretty good coaches he was coached by. You know who Josh Allen was coached by? He wasn't a highly recruited kid coming out of high school. He wasn't. So he probably didn't get great coaching. He wasn't heavily recruited. He ends up at Wyoming. Now, because... I covered San Diego State football, which was terrible. I take that back. Not terrible. They won a lot of games. They're just irrelevant because they play in Mountain West. When it comes to the landscape of playing for a national championship, if you play – here, watch this. If you play in the Mountain West, Conference USA – now, Cincinnati did change that. Cincinnati changed the narrative. I think Cincinnati beating Notre Dame is how they got in because the rest of that schedule, I don't know. But traditionally, if you play in one of those non-Power 5 conferences, you have no shot at winning the national championship. Zero. Do you know the last non-Power 5 team to win the national title? It's 1985, BYU. They're not allowing that again. That's why Cincinnati getting in was a monster achievement by Luke Finkel and his guys. Monster achievement. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> Cilio's the king of content, and Howie Roseman is being is the king of being content. Couldn't have said it better, brother. Couldn't have said it better. Oh, man. Clean and jerk, Big Sills? 435, probably my best. Ah, it's a monster in the weight room. Hey, I was King Kong, okay, in the weight room. And as I used to say, okay, and I used to say it all the time, like Denzel Washington's tremendous character in Training Day, Lonzo Harris, King Kong ain't got shit on me. <laughs> One of my favorite lines of all time from a movie, man. Okay. King Kong ain't got shit on me. One of my favorite characters. It's not what you know, it's what you can prove. HGA. Oh my God, BF. Ye of little faith. Are you suggesting that Sills had help with all of his tremendous weight room accomplishments? Is that what you're saying? How do you know it wasn't Rigatoni? How do you know it wasn't Pasavazul? Are you suggesting that I took steroids or I took HGH? Or like Brock Lesnar looks like that because he eats a lot of Wheaties? How dare you say this? You don't know shit, man. Everybody, Bond's hitting 70-plus home runs. What the hell's wrong with you people? Don't you have faith? Ye of little faith. How do you know it wasn't the rigatoni? LT diet? I don't think so. I don't think I could do 14 uh, eight balls and go in there and bench 500 pounds. Five hey, here's LT. Goes out, gets three sacks, goes back out at night. Dude, there, there are legendary stories about Lawrence Taylor. LTP out all night, show up to practice, go back out again right after practice. Dude, <laughs> this guy's cutting rails at night, but beating quarterbacks up like Jaworski, okay, <laughs> during the day. Yeah, time to go get me some quarterback. Oh, yeah, we're going to party tonight. We're going to do a little Louie, and we're going to do about 18 rails. How you doing? Dude, he was a monster, man. I don't know. Hey, I'm surprised Lawrence Taylor's still alive. Okay, I'm surprised he's still alive. I am, man. Man, Maniac, manicotti and stuffed shells twice a week. That's how he was able to bench 535 pounds, which is still a record at the University of Miami. How you doing? Oh, hey. Yeah, man. Big Sills showing the pythons again, getting under the bench. How you doing? I should get my wife down here, but she's not feeling well. She was with me when I did 225. Watch this. On my daughter's eyesight, I did 225 one time, 71 times. It was all the meatballs. <laughs> It's a true story. My wife was there and she spotted me. I did 225, 71 times. <laughs> yeah, those were the days. Yeah. Oh, man, I was a 
I, I could take dumbbell presses and do dumbbell presses with 250 pounds, three sets of 10. It's crazy. I was a monster in the weight room, man. 800 pound, here, 800 pound squat, 605 bench, most I ever did. Um, and a 650 pound deadlift. That was my worst lift. Oh, yeah, man. And I could run four eights. And this big Italian guy, right? <laughs> See, I ain't white. So you white guys, you're slow. Italians are fast. You know what they say. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. I do, Leo. I still vote for the MVP awards. Yes. Thank you for asking. I vote for the NFL MVP, Rookie of the Year. The all-rookie team, the all-pro team, I still vote for all that. Yes. And also in the college game, I vote for all that too. It's a good question. My vertical was 28. Um, my vertical was 28 at 288 pounds. Oh, Larry Allen, man. Dave Campo sent me the uh, video when he benched 700 pounds <laughs> in the Cowboy Complex. This guy benches 700. I go, Silio, you got to see this. He did. He benched it at the Cowboy Complex. Valley Ranch, man. They they get they sent me the video. They go, they, you got to see this because they had never seen anybody stronger than me in there. Even Randy White, and this guy Larry Allen just put up seven hundred pounds. It was stupid. Oh, Matt Hatter, he's a unbelievable, the strongest guy I've ever seen, football wise. Yes, I got to ask you. We're going to talk about the wide receiver position and the quarterback position. Barrett Brooks said something earlier today. I want to throw it off you guys. Do me a favor. Hour two is coming up. Merrill Reese. Big Sills owns half of San Diego. Eh, I used to. I used to. Because my friends have a good relationship with this one company, I'll leave them alone. Okay? But when I was at the Mighty 1090, I did. That's for damn sure. So I'm going to leave that alone, okay? <laughs> okay? All right? So, hour two, Merrill Reese, your thoughts? Please hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Gator Country, I'll set the record straight with you. Hour two. National Football Show. MJ23. Imagine if Jerome hadn't died, Jerome Brown. If Jerome Brown doesn't leave the earth and doesn't die, um, Reggie White never leaves Philadelphia. That's a fact. Jerome would never have left Philly. Now, he hated Kotai. So... I, I don't know how that would have played out. All the defenders on that team, you can ask Seth, they all hated Rich Kotai. Even though they won a lot of games there with him. Um, Reggie never leaves. Reggie doesn't leave Philadelphia. Jerome and, um, and Reggie would have stayed in Philadelphia their entire careers if they could have. Okay? Jerome loved playing in Philly. Oh, my God. I'd like to show you guys something. You guys give me a second here. Can I? Can, can you give me a second? Two seconds. Two seconds. Two seconds. I want to show you something. I found this the other day. Just so you know. I found this the other day. May I show it to you? Here, let me look at this. Jerome Brown, 11472, Shady Rest Court, Brooksville, Florida. And there's Jerome's phone number. We used to have great conversations. Talk to me about Philly all the time. And this is probably why I'm enjoying talking to you guys. I'll tell you about Augusta Gator here in a minute. There's Willie Brown, the former mayor of San Francisco, is a dear friend of mine. And by the way, 
Kamala Harris was his uh was his girlfriend. <laughs> That's a fact. That's the Willie Brown. And there's Larry Bear, vice president of the Giants. This is my old contact book. One of them. He used to talk about Philly, and I go, why do you like the place? He goes, they love me. They love me for my faults. They love me because I produce. They love me because I was loud. They love me because Buddy loved me. Reggie looked up to him. Seth adores him. I get a call that day, man. I'll never forget. I got a call from the AP. I was at home, Connecticut. And um, they go, Dan, did you hear the news? I go, no. Jerome died. I'm like, cool, come again? I, I had spoken to him two nights earlier. We were on the phone for about an hour. Just talking shit, talking life. We always did. My grandfather loved him. Well, hey, guys, got it we're, real quick. Fun story. Jerome's in town, something in New York, Alonzo Highsmith, Michael Irvin, and Melvin Bratton come over to my house late at night. My Jerome's eating meatballs and Alonzo till two o'clock in the morning. We're just drinking beers. My grandfather fell in love with Jerome. He just fell in love with him. Damn, Sills, your grandpa's great. I was like, hey, man, he loves the shit out of you, man. He thinks you're the. He thinks you're it. Me and him were so tight. We were so dominating. Your afternoon guy, Xander was reading some excerpts. Your afternoon guy, 97.5, wrote a book about Jerome and I, how we dominated people, intimidated them, crushed them. And so they call me and tell me that he died. I lost control. I cried. Went down to his funeral. Carried his casket to his resting place, threw my tie with Reggie and everybody into the coffin and rest in peace. His cousin, Gator, um, was in the car and Jerome had just bought this brand new AMG Corvette. The roads were slick. It was a little rainy out. And he gassed it coming out of the corner of the, get this, out of the dealership. It wasn't like he was, he gassed it he went down into an embankment. You know, in Florida, they have these ditches, these giant ditches. The car went down, flipped upside down, and smashed because he had the wind, he had the roof off. Jerome was trying to push the car off. Augusta was decapitated. And he was trying to push the car. And the car came back down and crushed him and killed him. Firemen were telling me the story. <sighs> and yeah, and the sister was driving back from. Um, the sister was driving back from Tallahassee because she went to school at Florida State. And she had heard it on the radio that um, 
that Jerome and her son was killed. She calls me up and I say, hey, <laughs> what do you say? One of the worst days of my life, man. One of the worst weeks of my life. Man, Mr. Brown called me, said, damn, we, we you know, we're, Philadelphia's going to have a, um, I guess Reggie was doing a, I got a call from Reggie. Reggie was doing an event at the vet. Does that make sense? Reggie was doing an event at the vet. And it was an event at the vet. Am I right? It was an event at the vet. Xander says he announced it there. And it was like a, was it like a Billy Graham thing or something like that? I thought, I thought Reggie was doing like a Billy Graham deer. Billy Graham event. Reggie announced his death at the vet. Damn, Natalie. What a guy. Yeah, Xander, do you have that? Please. Play that. Yep, July 20, June 25th. Veteran Stadium as the guest speaker for the Billy Graham crusade. Reggie was told of Jerome's death moments before he took the stage, then broke the news to the Philly faithful. Tonight I had planned on sharing my testimony, but it's kind of been altered. Today, I lost a great friend. Philadelphia lost a great player. Jerome Brown died today. <laughs> you know, this man was a very special man to me. His family are very special people. Out of all the stuff that you heard about Jerome Brown, and the things said about him, and neither the negative stuff, this man was one of the greatest people I ever met and knew in my life. That's for sure. Guy taught me a lot about life. Black and white were no issue with him. You want to know why that gangrene defense was so close? Because they love one another. 
Just a great guy. Just, just a super dude. That's why you guys matter to me. Do you know what I feel like sometimes that I'm an extension of Jerome for you guys? Because I know how much he loved playing for you guys. The passion that you had. Dude, a guy like that doesn't fall in love with a fan base like you guys. Because you people are frauds. Brothers don't see color. It's funny. I saw color before I went to Miami. When I left Miami, all I saw was my brother. That's a fact. I don't mean to get upset, but because he just, he, there's very few people. Len Bias, too. You know, he upsets me because I was friends with Len for a little bit. But, man, that's what made that team so good, man, that defense so good. You guys did love him. You told me that. You know, hey, get this. When I went to the link for the first time, I think I've been there now maybe four times because Army-Navy. And seeing 99 up there, I, I, I broke down. I was like, oh, man, that's so great. <laughs> that they would honor him like that. Yeah, man. You guys loved him. We would talk on the phone and I go, so they got on my ass tonight, man. I guess they, they shit the bed against the giants one night, but he pulled them. You guys were booing him. He's walking off the field and he goes like this and they let me have it, man. I go, were you bad? He goes, I sucked out loud. I don't know what happened. I, I sucked out loud. And the next drone goes against Dallas the next week and kills the team. You guys are cheering him. He's like, yeah, we're all right. We're all right. Oh man, it's great. All right, let me let let's let's get back on track here. Um, Easy Money says, What's your favorite beach in SoCal? My favorite beaches are actually in Florida. Oh, wait a minute. Jones Beach in New York. Wildwood is one of my favorites because I used to go down there all the time when I was a boy and do the nickel beer nights in Wildwood. But I would say Coronado Beach is probably my favorite. It's kind of still too cold. Pacific Ocean, I'm an East Coast guy, man. You know, I'm an East Coast dude. Born and raised in New England. You know, man, I'm just an East Coast dude, man. West Coast is okay, but I'm an East Coast guy. You know, you know, Baird Brooks said something he's um, earlier today. And, you know, Baird is a fan of Jalen. Who's not a fan of Jalen, right? But he has a problem with the wide receiving core. He thinks that the wide receiving core is more of a problem with the team than what the quarterback is. Is that fair? Or is it Jalen? See, I think personally, it's a quarterback's responsibility to make the players around him better, not vice versa. I don't think wide receivers, well, wait a minute. Did Amari Cooper? Hey, hey, hey guys here, here though, follow me here. Follow me here. Did Amari Cooper improve Dak Prescott's numbers? Yes or no? He did, didn't he? 
hey, did Stefan Diggs going from Minnesota to Buffalo, did that help Josh Allen and his development? Did it not? Right? It's like the chicken and the egg conversation. You know, these super elite quarterbacks don't really need super elite wideouts to win ball games in Super Bowls. Brady proves that. Here, let me ask you a question here. If Joe Burrow were on the Eagles, what would the record be? With this current wide receiving core, would they win the Super Bowl? If Joe Burrow was the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, would the Eagles be the Super Bowl champions? If Joe Burrow were your quarterback, what was the one thing that hurt Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs? He was sacked. GG Meta says 11 and 6. Omar says, hell no. Omar, you don't think 13 and 4 says maniac. You don't think Joe Burrow could go into Philadelphia with that offensive line? Xander says 12 wins. It'd be the best old line he's ever had, maybe since college. Think about Joe Burrow with the best old line and the best running attack. And you got that dude. Would the Eagles win the Super Bowl? The defense is probably going to be an anchor around that process because, hey, the Bengals' defense, 14-3, and holy shit, 16-0, and Ryan says. GT goes sacked 52 times. 15-3, and lose to the Rams in the NFC Championship game. Because, well, you have the best O-line, though. You would have the better, watch this, you'd have the better O-line than the Rams. Could Burrow take Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard and take them far into the playoffs with Brady and Aaron Rodgers and that 49er team? If you had Joe Burrow, could you beat the 49ers? Close, but yes. Could you beat the Bucs? I don't know if you could beat the Bucs or the Rams. With Joe Burrow. But here's the thing. You'd be in a Super Bowl conversation as contenders. With Jalen, you're not. Jalen's not beating Brady, the 49ers, or Rodgers. He's not coming close to that. Joe Burrow broke all conventional wisdom. And he went out and, but again, T. Higgins, Chase, the tight end, Mixon, who's a 1,000-yard rusher. I mean, right? It's a pretty good skill set, guys, on that Bengal team. But they had the worst O-line, according to pro football focused in the league, next to the Giants. You imagine this? Joe Burrow took a football team. I'm showing you what an elite quarterback can do for your franchise. He took a football team. Here, hence, 
the Bengals have four new offensive linemen. They'll probably draft a guy in the draft at offensive line. I mean, the Bengals are going to have five new players in the offensive line this coming 2022, September, start of the season. This will be brand new guys there. He had the worst O-line and took a team to the Super Bowl. (laughs) Still stop. What do you mean stop? Why the numbers so low? What numbers? Garoppolo's numbers, 36 and 16. That's low. Joe Burrow would make J-Jaw and Rieger pro bowlers. Maybe. Get this. I brought this up earlier too. Okay. I'm going I'm to bring this up. I brought this up earlier about the system hurting. Is the system hurting Jalen Rieger and J-Jaw? I want to hit on that. Do me a favor. By the way, Merrill Reese is up around the corner here. Hit the like button. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you guys coming aboard. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 
Welcome back, National Football Show. So yesterday, we had one of the goats of the Eagles all time. We had Jaws on with us, Ron Jaworski. And Jaws, of course, one of the legendary players. 17 years he played in National Football League, too. Obviously, one of the goats in Philadelphia sports lore is Ron Jaworski. Went to the first Super Bowl back in the day with Dick Vermeil. You could see, too, Ron getting all emotional when we were talking about Dick Vermeil and him getting his opportunity to finally put on one of those gold jackets. And I can't wait to see Jaws this summer um, in Canton. And I'm wondering if Merrill will be there. Can you imagine having a play-by-play guy that probably goes all the way back to those teams and he has covered every single game and been involved in every single conversation every offseason and during the year? You talk about one of the truly legendary goats when it comes to play-by-play guys. Our dear friend Merrill Reese joins us right now here on the National Football Show. Please hit the like button. And, guys, Merrill, Hi. you covered Jaworski, didn't you? Oh, Ron, I did, absolutely. From the day Ron arrived in a trade for Charles Young. Holy, talk about, talk about where that team was, Merrill, and – how much Dick Vermeil? I'm sorry, you, you must be thrilled to death to see Dick Vermeil going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Absolutely. I'm just wondering, from where that team came from, he came in and it was a complete rebuild. We all know the story and everything and what he did. If you watched Invisible and Invincible, you saw it. Just give me a perspective on the job you think Dick did for that football team, which eventually ended up being an NFC championship team. Yeah, he he did an amazing job, Dan. He really did. It was a team that was losing season after season. And he came in and uh, he rebuilt the team. I mean, he he made the move. Uh, Ron Jaworski came in. He he brought in Wilbur Montgomery, who who was a sixth-round draft choice. Uh, He took Harold Carmichael, who had struggled before that, and made him an all-pro wide receiver and a, a Hall of Famer, as we know. He, uh, he just totally revitalized not only the team, but the city. He was, he was the best. When people ask me about my, the best coach of all time that I've been around, now there have been some very good ones. Uh, there, is, there is nothing you can say about Andy Reid that isn't totally positive. I mean, he got this team to a Super Bowl. Uh, Doug Peterson did it in record time. But to me, uh, the greatest coach I've ever been around is Dick Vermeil. Merrill, I'm going to ask you the hardest question maybe anyone's ever asked you. What's your favorite year you covered the Eagles? Oh, that's easy. That is easy. 2017. Why? They won in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Jeez, Dan. They won in the Super Bowl. <laughs> that was the one. <laughs> what could be better than that? You know, and, and Merrill, for a city, to me, it reminded me a little bit of when the Cubs won the World Series. Where, you know, Merrill, I mean, you know, a city had been starving since, you know, the Bed and Eric days when they won the championship with Tommy McDonald then. Then for them to win that thing in 17, that must have just been just a magical season for you just to cover the team, know the story and the storied history of the team and how that thing finished and how they were the pay. And you beat the dynasty of the dynasties in NFL history. That story just must have been awesome to cover from September all the way through to February. Well, you know, it was, and and the Patriots were on the ropes uh, in the AFC playoffs against Jacksonville. And they were down and came all the way back. And a lot of people 
were standing around the television watching it, and they were hoping that Jacksonville would pull it out, you know, finish the game and win uh, because they wanted the Eagles to have an easier they figured that the Eagles would have a better chance against Jacksonville than they would against the, the mighty Patriots. I didn't feel that way, Dan. I wanted the Patriots. When the Eagles would finally win a Super Bowl, I wanted it to be not because they beat a team that happened to somehow find a way in there, a Cinderella team, but the team that was considered the dynasty. That's what I wanted. That's what we got. And that's what they did. Merrill, I said the greatest Super Bowl moment in history from a coach to a player. Here, and I'm going to paraphrase this here for you. How about the Philly special? All right, let's run it. Go ahead. I mean, the, the, <laughs> that moment there for those guys to do that, I mean, here's the, that's coaching. That's not the numbers. That's not taking all the guys upstairs and plugging things in to see if this works. How about the Philly special? Go ahead. Let's do it. I mean, that was such a classic moment. I'll never forget that moment in NFL history. Well, I'll never, I'll never forget it either, Dan, because right before it happened, uh, I'm up in the booth in Minnesota, and I'm saying to, to my color analyst, Mike Quick, they've got to take the three points here. They are down at the one-yard line. They have one shot. They're going to be kicking off to the Patriots to start the second half. They've got to take the three points. And then they, they they bring out the, the the bring go into the formation, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is a disaster. And of course, they they score on the play with the pass going from Trey Burton to Nick Foles, and Mike Quick looks over at me and says, "That's why Doug's down there, and you're up here." <laughs> man, I, that's you know awesome, what? man. And you know what? And I would I kidded Doug. Doug was such a great guy. Is such a great guy. I, I kidded Doug the following week. I told him what I said, and I told him I still think it was the wrong call, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful moment, man. All right, let's get into t- the Today Eagles. Um, Merrill, you know, obviously the 2022 season is going to be Jalen Hurts' year to be the quarterback of this Eagle team. Do you think that the front office and people are doing enough to give him enough help to get the best out of Jalen Hurts? Well, I think they are, and I think that's their intention, and I think that will be uh, exhibited in how they draft this coming April 28th. I think it's very important. I, th- I think I really feel pretty good about this, Dan. Um, I, I look there. I think number one, the number one pick, which is now it's 15. Whether they move up, we'll see. But I think they've got to go after a defensive difference maker. That's what this team needs most. Somebody who is disruptive at the line of scrimmage. You know, whether they can get a Jordan Davis or, you know, who knows who they can get. You know, there's there's also uh, guys like Hamilton, uh, who is uh, Kyle Hamilton. There are, there are a lot of people who could fit into that category. But they've got to get a defensive difference maker. But then they still have the 18th pick, even though they traded away the 19th and the 16th. But I think in that spot, there are enough good wide receivers that they can really help Jalen Hurts. I mean, there are a couple that I – well, there are at least four or five, Dan, who are really, really good. One that I like so much is because he's different than your normal wide receiver. I want a big receiver. I like somebody like Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I think think he is 
I think he is a terrific receiver. But people talk about Drake London from Southern Cal. He's a big receiver. And if you don't go big wide receiver, there are guys like the two Ohio Staters, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, and there's the Penn Stater, uh, Johan Dotson. There is enough talent there that if you have one of them flanked to the opposite side of Devontae Smith, that immediately helps Jalen Hurts. You agree then, um, that, and, and I'm starting to go down this line as well. Do you believe that with a premium pick, and I mean the first three rounds, the Eagles take a wide receiver to try to to the huddle? Because right now, you've got two rookie players on rookie contracts and Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith. You bring in Zach uh, Pascal as your number three guy. There's a connection between Nick, obviously, with his time in Indianapolis. So you're going to bring in another another guy, another big body guy. And I agree with you. Traylon Burks reminds me a little bit of Debo Samuel in San Francisco yes. because here's the deal, Merrill. You're a running football team. You like to run the ball 30 times a football game. And here's a guy who's going to put his helmet on somebody, like a safety or a free safety, strong safety, a linebacker in your run game. So this is going to be a guy you're, you're sold that they're going to take a wide out in one of these premium picks. Well, I, you say I'm sold. I never know what they're doing, but <laughs> but if I were if I were making the decision, this is what the, this is what I would do. And I think you have to give them a lot of credit. I thought last year's draft uh, would would, in my opinion, would grade an A when you can pick somebody like Devonte Smith in the first round. He's tremendous, and then get somebody like Landon Dickerson in the second round, who ended up as a quality starter because of injury, but he's a starting tackle or guard or whatever you want him to be. He's he's a terrific football player. And in the third round, they got a defensive tackle of Milton Williams, who fit into the rotation. And in the fourth round, they got Kenneth Gamewell, who turned out to be very good also uh, and was playing a significant role from first from the first game on. So, uh, yeah, I think they had and, – and there's guys also who didn't play much last year, but who could – turn out to be good players this year. But I think it was a great draft. And if they follow last year's draft with a similarly productive draft this year, they're going to be a good team. What'd you make of the trade, Merrill? I good. saw your tweet and I thought you thought from paraphrasing, and I don't mean to speak for you here, but right. by intentions of what I looked at it, I thought you thought it was a positive. Oh, I did. I did. Because they, they, they didn't lose that much. I mean, they go, no, they made, added uh, a one and a two, Merrill. I mean, they added another one and a two to their treasure chest. So I would assume you would think that's no, good. But, but in the first in the first round, they gave up sixteen and nineteen for eighteen. But they end up with the one and the two next year. Then there were a few other deals involved, uh, trade picks involved. But but the big thing is, um, I think it protects them. I think it gives them an opportunity. If now I, you know, I'm a believer in Jalen Hurts, and I think he's going to be very, very good. But if if he does not meet their expectations, if they feel and they're giving him every chance after this year that he is not the quarterback of the future, they will have at least two first round picks next year as ammunition to take a shot at somebody like, say, C.J. Stroud. What do you make of them bringing in Matt Corral from Ole Miss this week? I like Matt Corral. Of all the quarterbacks, he's the one I really like. But I don't see them going quarterback this year. 
This was Jalen Hurts' team, and I think they have too many other needs to take a flyer this year on another quarterback. You, so it, it it's probably just them doing their due diligence. Is that right? You probably think they want to talk to the kid. They don't. I mean, you're not doing your job, right, Merrill? If you're not talking to every position, and again, like you said, I mean, Jaw said it yesterday too, Merrill. He really likes Jalen, but he said that he needs to see more because, again, yeah, the ownership wants to have an open offense. And you know what, Merrill? I threw this out there too, and I'm going to throw it to you. Maybe I don't know if you you probably do. Of course you do. You're a you're an almanac when it comes to your Eagles. But I told Barrett Brooks this. The Eagles have never had a 100-yard or 100-catch wide receiver in their history, and they've had one 4,000-yard passing quarterback. So there's going to have to be, Merrill, and I'm talking wide receiver. I know Hertz had 100 catches, 116 catches. 100, I'm talking yeah. wide receiver that they've never had a guy with a 100-catch season. So there's got to be a transformation in the style of play if Jeffrey Lurie wants to have a wide-open offense. So that's probably why Jaws is saying that. And you know what's funny else too, Merrill? Jaws said that if he was quarterbacking in today's game because of the way the rules are set up, he would never run the ball. He would throw the ball like it was the arena league because the rules dictate that today. And so my, my thought process was, I think the Eagle offense has to just catch up with the modern times NFL and they have to be more balanced. Is that a fair statement? I think balance is a good word, Dan. Uh, but I don't think they, I don't think it matters. If you're okay. a run-heavy offense or a pass-heavy offense, I mean, both can work. You know what? Somebody's going to come out and win a Super Bowl by running the football, and then 30, 31 other teams will start picking up the running games, and, and suddenly running backs will start getting more value. Everything is cyclical. And whatever works. I mean, look, look, the Pittsburgh Steelers have succeeded for years as being a run-first team. I mean, they've fallen off a little in the last few years, but but during their glory days, not that far, not, not years and years ago, but in the last decade, they've had some pretty good teams running the football. So it's whatever works. I'm not opposed to running the ball, setting up the pass with the run rather than vice versa. But Ron's a quarterback, and every quarterback would rather throw first. Absolutely. Devontae Smith, your expectations, I think it was 78 catches, a little bit over nine a little bit over um, 900 yards. You, you, you're still seeing his progression and him evolving into being maybe potentially one of the better guys you've seen go through this program? Oh, absolutely. He is special. He is really, really special. It's not just the catches he makes. It's how he makes them. I haven't seen a young player with better toe-tapping ability than Devontae Smith. He makes catches that you think are impossible. He is a great talent he has he has all pro written all over him dan he's very very special they didn't miss on him a bit i think he can have a great career your expectations on nick sirianni this coming year how you look when when you take a football team to the postseason and you have a winning year in your first year as a head coach that's a dynamite year for a first coach because as you know merrill when it when a new coach comes into the room here's what veterans do and i'm just gonna I'm just going to play it. Okay, let's see if this guy even knows what the hell he's talking about. This guy's never worn the main headset. I don't know if this guy, how can I trust him? I don't know who he is. But after the 2-5 and five start, you and I have talked about this, he really had a great year. What does he have to do? What do you want to see from Nick Sirianni going into his second year as a head coach? 
Well, he the, the thing about Nick Sirianni that stands out that it was the way he connected with his players this year. I mean, he he really you could feel that. You could feel that. Uh, you can feel the way he communicates. He communicates well. And even things when things were going badly early in the season, he didn't panic. You, you sometimes see it when coaches get testy with the media. He never jumped over anybody. Uh, he loves the game. You can feel his passion for football. And you can feel the way everybody in that building reacts to Nick Sirianni. He's, he sets the proper culture. And the players like him. He's a leader. I knew nothing about Nick Sirianni. I mean, when I heard that he was a candidate, my first my, my first inclination was to say who and then get a Colts media guy and look and see where he came from. But he did a very good job. He did a very good job. And I think Nick Sirianni would be the first to admit that he learned a lot last year. As the year went on, the experience benefited him. And he's a bright guy and he's a communicative guy. You know, the, when you talk about head coaches, I think head coaches are different than any other type of coach. In football, head coach is different. I don't think the word genius has to pertain to a head coach. I mean, yes, it does on certain head coaches over the years. People like Bill Walsh and, and Belichick was a defensive genius. But I think that's important with your coordinators, that they have this great scheme in their mind that they work on or they come out with something brand new, like a fire zone blitz or some some other scheme that's new, uh, a, a West Coast offense, who which actually was invented not by Bill Walsh, but taught to him by Sid Gilman. But I think the big thing with a head coach is leadership. He's got to be strong. He's got to be a great communicator. He has the, you know, I, I, one of the most brilliant coaches I have ever been around in my 102 seasons was <laughs> Bud Carson. Bud Carson was brilliant. I mean, he looked like a university English lit professor, but he, I mean, he looked like the kind of guy who you send him to a lab and he'd come up with some amazing defense. That's what he was. But Bud Carson in Buffalo, in Cleveland, was never a success as a head coach. In fact, I really believe that there should be a category in the Hall of Fame for defensive coordinators. Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan was a great defensive coordinator. He was a good Jimmy Johnson. Well, Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson Johnson was a brilliant defensive coordinator. These, These guys, you could make a big case for them to go to the Hall of Fame. But the head coach has to be a leader. He has to have a certain kind of personality. And uh, we can see it. Doug Peterson had that. He won over this team. He led this team. And I think Nick Sirianni has that. Does Doug Peterson win a Super Bowl in Jacksonville? Boy, that's that's a tough question to, to answer without knowing all the – machinations of the of the the whole organization there's more than the head coach absolutely there's a lot of organizational interaction that has to take place let me tell you this i will i'll go this far as to say that he is my he is my preseason prediction as the coach who will win coach of the year over in the afc 
I'll make him the coach of the year over in the AFC because he's going to he's going to do wonders for Trevor Lawrence. And this team has picked up some big pieces in the offseason and they will benefit from Doug Peterson. There is no doubt in my mind. He knows the pro game. Hang on here, Merrill. You're probably going to have to go over to Angelo's show tomorrow, and you're probably going to have to justify this one like the Bills comment. <laughs> you're probably that Doug Peterson's going to win the AFC Coach of the. I'd love to see that. I I admire him. I know him. He is a players' coach for sure. So hey, finally here. Okay, let me ask you this: What does Merrill Reese do in the off season? Is this all about recharging and? studying, getting yourself right. I mean, it's a grind a little bit. And by the way, are you going to be traveling this year with the team because of all the restriction and COVID's being uh, pulled? Are you going to be back traveling with the team? I, I haven't heard anything definitive, but all signs point to that. Yes. All points are that things are going to be back to what they were. And I hope so. I'd like to go on the road and see the away games. As as opposed to sitting at the lake and watching television. So uh, I would think, except if we could do one away game remotely, it would be Washington. Because going into that dump is the worst. We can't see anything. <laughs> if, if I could do, if I could do, an, you know, all the home games and one road game, that would make me very, very happy. So Don't I, send I me to that dump. I love it, Merrill. <laughs> thank you so much, Merrill. You are the best, and you are our friend. And thank you again for doing this. Thank you, my friend. We'll catch up soon. See you, Dan. You got it. <laughs> oh, FedEx is a dump. I got to take a timeout now. Okay, let me take a timeout. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Easy money, easy, man, easy, easy. Sardines don't suck, especially in a salad or pizza frit. My grandfather liked sardines. He did. We'd always have them in our house. And my grandpa, okay, my grandpa, okay, I know, man, Meryl, like, Meryl, Meryl Reese like um, Matt Corral. We'll get to that here in a minute. Get those sardines, man. Open that baby up. Pour that little oil down in there. Right on the salad. Take the uh, anchovies out. Wife hates anchovies. Put it in the salad. Cut a little tomato up. Little cheese. Little pepper. Anchovies. Whisk that bitch up. Drop a little scone jelly. Ready to rock. I'll see you in the morning. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. So we got a couple of sound bites there from Merrill. FedEx feels a dump. Uh, and he likes Matt Corral. Matt Corral's, oh, Matt Corral is coming into Philadelphia this week. What does it mean? By the way, that's just not hearsay. He said it on the Rich Eisen show. Who's, He's got a terrible show, but he's got great guests. Dan Patrick's got a good show. Okay. Oh, my God. Listen, oh, God. Because he's an SEC hog. Xander, let me, let me, here. Xander says, Smitty is a 1250 guy with Matt Corral. Guy's a passer. Because he threw three TDs against Bama. Johnny Menzel whipped Alabama in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> ah, you know where Johnny Menzel is today? He's playing in flag football with T.O. That's where he is. He's in a flag football league. I don't know. Right? Matt Corral. Hey. How he's bringing him in. What's it mean? <laughs> wow, man. They're bringing in a court. If you're Jalen Hurts, how do you feel? Wait. If you're sold on your boy, why, why are you bringing Matt Corral in? Why would the front office and the scouting department Instead of keeping it quiet, flying to a place, flying to Ole Miss to see the kid, they're bringing them in to Philadelphia. 
to check out the facilities, talk to the owner, an interview. It's basically an interview. Matt Corral's on a job interview this week. You know, you know, it reminds me a little bit. Honey, I love you. Now, honey, what's for dinner? You have the biggest eyes I've ever seen. Honey, I love you. You're the best. Oh, my God, I love you. You had the best legs I've ever, ever seen. Are you married? No. (laughs) Yeah, uh, something happened to her, an unfortunate smelting accident. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 honey, I'm not on the phone. You need a number three quarterback. Tyler Tyler goes, Sills, it looks like you know his process. How How come you're a pro at it? I don't know, Tyler. Hey, Tyler, kiss my ass. Hold on. Tyler, shut up, okay? I'll text you later. I've got to make errands and run. Time for dinner? Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, until you know what? No, no, no. I'll tell you how that all stopped. So my wife, I get get these like, everybody does, right? You get these stupid invites on your Facebook page. Smoking hot pictures. So my wife... One day, this is about five, six years ago. She looks over my shoulder. Who are you talking to? I'm like, I don't, she goes, so you think that girl right there with those big boobs and that body is talking to you? Yeah. Why wouldn't she? Dude, they're going to catfish you. I go, what's that? He's a 500-pound fat guy, and he's trying to... He, Dude, you don't really think that's her, do you? Why wouldn't it be? I've never accepted another invite from anyone on Twitter, Instagram, or my Facebook page ever again. And I never talked to anybody ever again. Ever. My wife's like, you don't really think that they're interested in you, fat guy. That girl right there who's 25 years old. Yeah, why not? Oh, it must be because of your wonderful waistline. Shut up. <laughs> it's hey, maniac. Hey, wait a minute. Maniac sending me invites now, and it's I know it's you now, dude. Hey, I know it's you now, maniac. Hey, my name is Lisa Maniac. Look at them. My personalities are wonderful. Big sales. That's what it's like. You bring a Matt Corral and you kind of like, you know, here's my, got my girl here, but you know, I don't know, you know, there may be something over here, you know, Xander likes him. (laughs) 
right? Kinder loves them. <laughs> uh, right? Oh no, no, no! I, I, I use the um, I. What I do is like I edit my 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 body pictures now to look like I got a thirty-two waist. See, I can look thinner. <laughs> it's my face. <laughs> oh, man. I love Meryl Reese coming aboard with us. By the way, we'll be back tomorrow with our dear friend, Barrett Brooks. Hey, by the way, tomorrow, unless we have another cancellation, Bruce Arians, the former head coach of the Buccaneers, is going to be with us. We're going to get to the skinny of all this BS that's going on out there, too. Okay. I'm sure the news will be getting around because Big Sills dropped it. Okay? Matt Corral will be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. How you doing? Guys, please watch it. The interview with um, Mel Reese. Share it. Like it. Please hit the like button. Until tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern time, we'll see you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.